0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster Family Guitar Effects. You can check us out at WestminsterEffects.com. Make sure you join the uh, Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Uh, one Bradley Cox is unable to join us this week, uh, but we still have, via the internet...
1: Hey, everybody. John Ross. Westminster of artist, Grumpy Church nerd, Augsburgian Christian, so on and so forth from Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: And uh John, what'd you do in church this week?
1: So this was the second week of our uh, of our themed uh series based upon uh uh song selections from a band called For King and Country. I didn't get much of a chance to introduce this as I was out of the show last week and my uh my manager was in town and had some other obligations. Uh, so anyways, the uh, the idea came from uh, our pastoral staff that uh, we would uh, use some of these songs by For King Country. Uh, let's see, God Only Knows, Priceless, Burn the Ships, and Run Wild as uh, kind of the, uh, oh, the sermon illustrations, uh, so to mm-hmm. speak. The, uh, um, uh, the word escapes me on what I'm actually trying to say, but you, you get the picture. And uh, this past Sunday... Um, Pastor Aaron actually did not preach. Um, one of our elders, uh, Michael Cander, uh, delivered the message. Uh, Sermon Nicholas is uh, jangling there, uh, and uh, Michael has a passion um, for uh, the abolishment of sex trafficking. Mm. Uh, I mean, he has a huge heart in that space. I mean, he's he's struggled uh, with things, and and he wouldn't mind me saying this. He he has struggled with things like pornography and things in the yeah. past, and so. Um, he is he is very vigilant in the fight,
0: uh, which against which uh, to be blunt. Side note, dudes, if you say you want to end sex trafficking and you're still looking at porn, you don't want to end sex trafficking.
1: Continue. They are so closely connected. It oh yeah, is mind-boggling. Uh, well, anyway, so he delivered the message, and and you know it, it ended up being more of something that would probably be more appropriate as like a seminar speech. Uh, there was gospel presented, there was law presented, but it was mostly on um, trafficking sucks, which it does yep. can confirm, and, and is a truth that it that is a truth that it is worthy of the church to know. Uh, but nonetheless, we uh, we use the illustration priceless, uh, the song to go along with that, uh, which was actually used uh, as the name of the movie that Fur King and Country produced uh, about the same topic. Um. Somewhat unrelated, I I, <laughs> I realize that I have more of a uh, kind of intrinsic uh, connection to Four King and Country than I originally thought. I'd always kind of enjoyed their stuff, but turns out uh, the two guys are brothers. You know that that was that was no secret. Their older sister, however, is Rebecca St. James. Huh? The very the very same found on such hits as "Wow" the '90s. <laughs> uh, so yeah that was that was really cool to find i I just found that out last sunday um uh so yeah, you know it's uh you know i'm definitely in the camp of give them Jesus, present the gospel um so that the uh severity of the law and the sweetness of the gospel uh may resound um you know from scripture, uh, but at the same time, it was an important message and uh and he did a fantastic job so uh, my, uh, my thanks and appreciation and congratulations for doing a good job out to, uh, out to Michael for doing that. Um, let's see. As for personally, I was on the uh, the rhythm guitar slot, as I usually am. It's kind of my preferred, uh, uh, preferred instrumental voice, if you will. I get to have the most amount of, of enjoyment uh, in that space. Um, I did actually purchase a new amplification device huh. this past week that I did use on Sunday through our jet city ISO Cavs And Cody, I know you use one as well. The, the yeah. Jet city that yeah.
0: Is. Forsaking um, the Geneva. So I want,
1: <laughs> what I really want to run do it stereo? is, yes. uh, I, ru- I want to run yeah. a stereo. Oh yeah. Um, coming out of my, uh, i um, coming out of my cathedral. Uh, I've got a cathedral digital reverb I've been messing mm. with. And, uh, and run out of that. Cause I, have moved my calcet over from my acoustic board. Cause it just sounds. Awful. Oh yeah. And, um, so I, I kind of want to run out of that and one run in, one through the Geneva and one through my new amp, which is a fender pro junior four limited. I'm a huge fender tone guy. Like I love the, Fenders. it's hard
0: to beat the fender guitars, clean cars, the
1: amps, the whole thing. And, and that's my yeah. thing. But the problem was, is that like, it's, they're just always so, I mean, the, the loud ones are always so heavy. Like, to get a lot of clean headroom. Um, and the Blues Junior, you know, it has, like, the gain circuit on it. And that's not remember a thing. I, I want a master volume amp. Yep. Just master volume. Like, a volume and a tone um, that's, like, not stupid heavy and not, like, balls to the wall with power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had no idea the Pro Junior even existed. I just thought it was blues, blues Junior and then the Pro Junior died a while ago. I had no idea that they reintroduced it back in 2018. Uh, but long story short, um, it's uh, it's tweed. It's got a 10 inch Alnico uh, Jensen speaker in it. I plugged into it, throw it on five. It's plenty loud, nice and clean. Does the Fender thing. Happy as a clam.
0: Very so, interesting.
1: I um, Have to do some tracks, doing going stereo with uh, excuse me with the Geneva and see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing I've on got those morning. I, I've got those morning morning Diet Coke
0: bursts. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, I'm looking at this thing on Sweetwater and. Yeah, volume and tone, and and that's it.
1: That's it. There is, I mean, it's it's kind of champy. It's like a champ and a pr- prince yeah. together. No reverb on board, which is fine. Yeah, you um, don't need that. And since I run it clean anyway, yeah, since I run it clean anyways, like I don't need an effects loop or or switchable anything. Um, the speaker is uh, detachable, so I can run it into those mm-hmm. ISO cabs and get a little bit more low end going through a twelve inch speaker in there. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it just sounds awesome, and I I found one used that still had like the manual wrapped up in oh, wow. the plastic, still on the Fender logo for like three
0: seventy. Yeah, this thing looks looks pretty sounds sweet. Uh, so I,
1: it's the cu- it's the cutest
2: little thing. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Dietz
1: Music in Lincoln, Nebraska for hooking
0: yeah, me. Yeah. So uh, on our end, uh, we finished up Romans nine, and uh, Bradley's done a pretty fantastic job in Romans nine, like m- preaching through some really heavy stuff. Um, so, so I'll be sure to share a link in the podcast lounge for that. Um, you know, we talked, uh, let's see, what was the first verse in here what was the number, uh, D verse 22. What if God desiring to show his wrath and make known his power has endured with much patience, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he's prepared beforehand for glory. Uh, Etc. Uh, like that's, that's not, not an easy passage to preach through. And uh, I'll just post the link and let him expound on that uh, himself, especially since he's not yeah, here with absolutely. us. Um, I was on guitar uh, as usual. Uh, we did a, new-to-us arrangement of How Deep the Father's Love for Us uh, as as arranged by Austin Stone Worship Uh, and they put out some really good stuff and they have tutorials for free on their website. So uh, have a look at Austin Stone hey, Worship. They, uh, they, they put some really good stuff together, and they're theologically sound, uh, which also is of Bingo. great benefit. Uh, Gear-wise, uh, in terms of new stuff, I actually played um, my wife's new Schechter C1 Platinum. So not only will EMG 81s and 85s gent, they will also P-dubs. And uh, it, it actually sounded pretty good. Uh, For for the P-dubs And we didn't play anything all that heavy You know, didn't really play anything That you would think, oh yeah, that's totally That totally calls for something like EMGs So, that all worked out So, uh, our Topic this week uh, Yeah, you're giving me a little grief for For just going with this Um so let me pull up some Bible Gateway and get away from the Passion Translation. Uh, I was I was doing some comparative work the other day for just how for just how bad the Passion Translation is. If you're not familiar with it, you're you're better for it. It is hot garbage um, and written by a demon. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Drew <laughs> Drew Smizer. As uh, in the Inquisition section for this week, but it's a good enough topic. Uh, where in the Bible do you see support for God having two wills as John Piper asserts? Uh, and does God desire all men to be saved? And I sent you, John, that, uh, Desiring God article. And how do you affirm Piper's stance that God essentially doesn't desire all men to be saved in light of First Timothy two four? Here's your Piper reference for yeah, the week. there we go. Ding! Um... Yeah, so basically Piper's stance is, God does want to save everybody, God doesn't want to save everybody. Um, so since he referenced scripture, um, so 1 Timothy 2, 4, uh, well, starting in verse 3, says, This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to knowledge, to the knowledge of the truth. Uh Uh, so that's that's the First Timothy two passage, um, the way that I think this is more properly understood, um, and th- this isn't to say we'll get into whether God actually wants everyone to be saved and whether that can be exegetically supported or not. Um, I don't think that's what that is saying. He's talking about all people without distinction, as opposed to all people without exception. Yeah, it, it, it could
1: possibly uh, you're be talking all types. Of, uh, all, types right. of people, uh, all types of people, all types of people, in the same in the same vein as, uh, um, well, no, I mean, I I I won't digress at this point, but uh, I mean, that's <laughs> the, kind of kind of the understanding in in more more Calvinist in even even Lutheran uh, style circles, uh, you know, right. is that uh, is that it's all all peoples, um, because I mean, let's get this right. out of the way, heads up. If God's effective will was that He desired all people to be saved, no holds barred, all people would be saved hands down if the, if that's where exactly. the story ended exactly. Um, yeah and, and you know yeah let's let's continue
0: yeah, so I think I think it would also be helpful to just go ahead and go head on with uh, what m- people use most. For God desiring all people to be saved, which is Second uh, Peter three nine, uh, so just taken by itself, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Uh, uh, if you only read that sentence, it very well may seem like yeah, God wants everybody to repent. Of course, He does. He's love etc. Um, however, uh, we've got this uh, is patient toward you in there, um, which, you know, and, and if this was translated to Southern, would y'all. be is patient toward y'all, not wishing not that any all y'all, but should y'all. perish. Y'all, exactly. Um, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Um, you know if you go up to verse one of chapter three this is now the second letter that I'm writing to y'all beloved and then if you go to first peter 1 1 it's it's you know that's the first letter to the elect of the dispersion um so I don't think that can really be used to support God necessarily desiring everyone to be saved right i mean maybe you might you you could disagree i, mean, I-
1: no, no, I I I don't necessarily think so. I mean, because it's important that uh it's important that we, we take scripture within context, not just historical context, but the context right. the context of the whole of scripture, why these books were written as well. Um I mean I, I, I will admit that this is something that I've personally kind of kind of wrestled with uh over time. Um mm-hmm. but I mean, mostly because the uh, um, you know it's pounded into our heads as good young little Lutherans that uh, you know <laughs> that the evil Calvinists they teach double predestination that God that God damns people and we don't believe that God is evil. Well, that's not, that's not the case, (laughs) which which, it's it's more of a, um, he has not so chosen. And that's an important distinction.
0: Exactly. That's, Uh, that's the proper doctrine of double predestination is, is he passes over because our default is not neutral. Exactly. Our our default is is... uh, blind and an enemy of God. Uh, Which, which as an aside, really quick, really quick, um, should have really just started this. This isn't a primary issue. No. Uh, a lot of people treat it sure. as such, but but we can disagree on this. This isn't a core. This is a secondary Absolutely. issue. It's important. It's very important. However, uh, if we if we whether it's you know us and Piper or us with each other or Lutherans and Calvinists or Calvinists and Arminians or whatever, this isn't sending anybody no, to hell.
1: No, not not at all. But it does have the uh, the possibility of kind of a trickle down effect on some of our practice. Yes, um, and and we'll get in, we'll get Absolutely. into that uh, in here in a little bit, um, but like I said, you know, I, I've I've wrestled with this uh, this concept uh, for a while because God is love. I mean that that is that is unequivocal. I mean we confess in, uh, uh, well, I guess we state we explain in Luther's explanation to the first article of the Apostles' Creed um, that God has made me and all creatures so on and so forth. You know, feeds us, takes care of us, and all this he does out of fatherly goodness and love and mercy and so on and so forth. And, and so we've got this kind of uh, stress, this cognitive stress that we've got, cognitive dissonance perhaps that we have, that, uh, th- that we have these two opposing, they almost feel like two opposing God natures. And, and we have to attempt to reconcile mentally a sovereign, incomprehensible God only wise God, mm-hmm. um, and and I think right. that's the, you know that's the core of the struggle here. Um, but that said, um, I am I am com- I am relatively on board, if not completely on board, with the concept of, uh, I mean, or or with the truth of God's sovereign grace, pre you know, foreknowing, and predestining His elect. For salvation to right, his glory. Right. I've got no issues with that. Um, it's just, you know, for for me, it's just a little, it still feels a little bit foreign growing up hearing essentially things that are just a little bit different.
0: Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I did too. And I did too. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the God is love argument. Um, and I think we need to appeal to uh, divine simplicity at that point is there are no divisions in God and you can't You can't uh, really divide up his attributes, you know, and, you know, yes, he is love, but he is also wrath. It's not simply, it's not simply that he is wrathful and loving like things that he just does because that's what he does. It's it's, it's Tuesday and Tuesday is wrath day. You know, it's, it's not that
1: that. his, his attributes, his nature complements Uh, compliments and certain those natures and attributes serve one another. They, they're, they're all
0: not that. Yeah. And it's not that when, when God exercises judgment, it's not that he says, you know, you, you decided these other things and I'm going to respect that. And because you don't want me around, I'm going to send you to the bad place. No, it's, it's a positive judgment. It is you have willfully rebelled against the mm. sovereign God of the universe, and you deserve this. It's not. I'm just going to give this to you because that's really what you want. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. You know. Maybe maybe people in hell really are still uh, you know breathing blasphemies. Impossible. <laughs> oh, uh, that's I mean, that's that's something that may 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 happen. I don't know, um, but. It's – God is sending them there. It's not just that they go and send themselves. God sends the damned to hell. And and that is a heavy thing.
1: And and that's that's without dispute, at least least here um, between you, me, and the internet. Uh, uh, (laughs) But when we take a look at at that sort of mindset, I I can't help but wonder where that sort of thought process comes from. Uh, The – that God kind of passively just lets you go. It's like, okay, I'm not going to reach, I'm not going to reach out for you anymore. I'm not going to pursue you anymore. Um, yeah. And I almost wonder if it's the emphasis on teaching nowadays that in like semi-scriptural churches that like, or or even ones that that are scriptural and just kind of have their emphases mixed up, and that God wants a relationship with you. Yeah. Oh, I, I hear that right. all the time in, in children's ministry and stuff. Yeah. And he does. I mean, he he does. I mean, there, there's there's not a contest there. And, I mean, look look at the crucifixion. When Christ gave up his spirit, when he cried out, it is finished, the, temp- the curtain in the temple ripped from two to two between the commonplace and the holy mm-hmm. of holies. <laughs> Therefore, bringing, uh, bringing man into the presence of God, that no more intercession was necessary right. because Christ had paid that uh, you know, paid the toll so to speak um, yep. so God does want a relationship with us he has brought us into a relationship with us um, but at the same time if you say oh God I don't want to be friends anymore he's not going to go off and pout in a corner he's going to damn you because that's his law he yeah. has said so yeah. and God is steadfast and true not only in matters of salvation but also in matters of law justice and uh, um, reprobation
0: Yeah, and at the same time, um, you know, we're not saved by having a relationship with God. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest imbalances of American Christianity is is your biggest need is a relationship with God. Well, Romans 1 says everyone knows God actively, not just that there is a God, but although they knew God, like that's, it's kind of, Plain. It's everyone knows God, and we suppress the truth mm-hmm. and unrighteousness. So our biggest need is not a relationship with God. Our relation. Our biggest need is the restoration of finger that relationship. Right. Relationship it's it's with God. it's forgiveness and grace and and to repent of our nastiness <laughs> and to stop giving God the middle finger. That's our biggest need.
1: I mean, let's so, uh, take a look real quick. Um, on, uh, oh, geez. Um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm forgetting the actual scriptural reference. This is the Lutheran in me coming out where I remember the lit, lit, liturgical part. I can sing the whole dang thing, but I can't remember where <laughs> it's at in scripture. Uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast. That's in the uh,
0: Psalms yeah, somewhere. I just
1: can't remember which one. Cast me not away from thy presence.
0: Is that the one that David wrote after uh, he had done his deed do, with Bathsheba? I do think that it was uh, it was a psalm
1: of, of uh, lament after he got called out. Um,
0: psalm fifty one. But I mean, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba nailed yeah, it. Yo, dog. <laughs> no, no pun intended. So, sorry. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, like, I mean, even look at the the historical uh, songs of the church, I mean, not only liturgically but psalmically as well. Um, there was that understanding: "Cast me not away from thy presence." It's not right. Don't let me. Don't let me exit your presence. It's cast me not away. Understanding. Right. You know, ha- having that that distinction there. We're, we're kind of getting off the rails, so I'm going to let you bring us back. Uh, Bring us back to the topic, but
0: uh, I think that was deport. <laughs> well, no, it's it's response. really good. It's I can't remember if it's John six or John ten, uh, but but God gives a people to the Son, and they won't fall from His hand. Nothing will nothing will pluck them from His hand. Um, so there is there is necessarily a giving of those individuals, and when that happens, um, they're sealed. Yeah. Like they're not getting away uh, now. Maybe you're being a bad Lutheran by agreeing with yeah. that. <laughs> However, um, at the same time, like there's if if I am given and you're not, then what does that say about God desiring someone to be saved? He's not yearning over you, and he's giving me, you know. And that's you know that's maybe a bad illustration, but yeah, I mean.
1: I mean, even if even if we, I mean, there can be a distinction between the the desiring will of God and the effective will of God as well, um, in in the sense. I think Piper
0: alludes to that in the article, um, right? Which which I would say I don't think I'm on board with. Yeah, um, like that's that's something I don't think I agree. I, with I
1: think Piper it's on. I think it's another kind of rationally cognitive way to kind of reconcile this. Um, and I, right. I, I think I understand the direction that he's going, and to that point, I, I, I feel like I want to buy it, uh, but I can't explain it further, which means I haven't bought it yet. So you called me out on that, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> in the terms of being a, a bad Lutheran, what, what Cody's getting at is um, one of the major departures uh, between Calvinism and, and traditional Lutheranism is the idea of the perseverance of the saints, in that the, uh, those who are, quote, saved uh, cannot lose their salvation. And if they, if they did, quote, lose their salvation, then they weren't saved to begin with. I do kind of fall into that camp of thinking. Um, but at the same time, my understanding of faith is not of our own volition turning to God, because that's only by the work of the Spirit. My right. understanding is that in doing so, we then turn or repent, which is, uh, man, I need a pop filter. Sorry about that. We then turn, we repent from sin. If we then turn away from God back to sin, are we turning away from God and going against his will and saying, Ah, you, you didn't get me now, copper? or Or are we... <laughs> or I mean, is it is it that we are able to turn to sin, or is it that we are able to turn right. from God? And, I, and that's that's where I get tripped up a little bit because God is sovereign, and and some Lutherans think those are dirty words, but it, it's it, it's impossible for those not to be true. It's absolutely impossible for that for 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 God not to be sovereign. He has to be,
0: and and and. Kind of as a point of, I guess, ecclesiology in the uh, LCMS. That is the correct abbreviation. It correct. is. Um, is is there room uh, within pastoral ministry type of stuff for a little bit of tension or disagreement with the typical Lutheran standards on points like that, where it's not, it's obviously not core. It's not. It's not something. Distinctly Lutheran, like the view on communion or baptism, where it's yeah. that's a little closer to the, the thing, edge.
1: The thing is, is if if you are a uh, a called worker of the LCMS, whether that be um, uh, in a pastorate, whether that be a rostered worker, like a Lutheran school teacher or director of Christian education or, or something along those lines, you are required to uphold. Um, the scriptures, as explained through the Lutheran confessions. If the Lutheran confessions right, are right. silent on something, then there are there is leeway. Unfortunately, I don't believe they're silent on this. So, if I were a called worker, my district president would probably give me a jingle had he been listening to this podcast.
0: Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: However, we're maybe maybe that's something where you just wouldn't actively oppose it. Like is there room for that?
1: Yeah, I I, I think that uh, mm-hmm. that those the, the more secondary sort of matters um, are approached with a little more kind of ecclesiastical leeway. Um, I, I guess is what you're what you're getting yeah. at. Um, so long yeah. as the the text is exegeted properly, and that the core is uh, is preached, and the, the core of the law and gospel is preached in its fullness. I mean, that's really kind of the standard that we hold. Uh, our our pastors and, and then other rostered worker staff too, and and, and even just uh, straight up employed workers, um, in in my congregation and others. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Th- yeah, this, so is anyway, this is nice, nice, been, nice yeah, this, this is something that I've there. This is something that I've I've had tension with, honestly, Cody. Since you and I started being friends, um, because yeah, well, you're welcome. Well, because like I've I've been <laughs> exposed to more of the reformed line of thinking and, and started to realize like, hey. Yeah. Um, You know, this isn't an opposition to the redeeming work of Christ and the sanctifying work of the Spirit and the creating work of the Father. This is an alternate understanding of that. That doesn't affect the way that I reach out to people. It doesn't affect the way that I minister to people. It doesn't affect the way that I preach Christ. It affects the way I understand how God works amongst that. Um, Right. Which I think is important for all of us because that understanding. Well, it doesn't change the fact. That uh, Christ crucified and resurrected for the redemption of your sins and the restoration of that right relationship—it um, doesn't change that. It does change, perhaps, some of the elements of of what we do, some of the practice of what we do in a worship service. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes, absolutely. I've been in uh, several uh, church services for one reason or another, and and I'm sure that you know people can. Identify with some of this, where say an altar call or a response time, whatever you want to call it, um, it it gets dragged on a little yeah. bit. Man, we're we're gonna we're gonna play this chorus again, and you really need to come up front and give your life life to Jesus, kind of thing. Um, where it's almost kind of like a, a baiting people into it yeah. goes beyond an impassioned gospel call. Mm. Um, but, you know, some people may hear us say, oh, well, maybe God doesn't necessarily desire everyone to be saved. And so what, is, what does that do to your evangelistic tactics? Well, it, it doesn't mean that you don't share the gospel exactly. uh, in, pa- in, in a very passionate way. It's it's I'm going to preach the gospel and let God do the work because it's, yeah. it's yeah,
1: all it's God's Vitally important job that, anyway. That, that we do not try to discern. Who God has sovereignly chosen. Exactly. N- nor, nor necessarily exactly. which we, means He has used to come to that choice. Um, foreknow- yes. Foreknowledge is, is definitely part of that. Um, you know, that, that will introduce other questions of, well, what did He foreknow? Did He foreknow the choice? Did He foreknow the repentance? Mm-hmm. Did He
0: foreknow baptism? Or did he, you know, fore, or did he foreknow that person? There we go. As as the reformed uh, understanding yeah. is, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, have have you had any experiences with with this kind of getting wonky and leading to something screwy during a worship time?
1: So there has been, you know, I've, I've been a relatively good Protestant and have stayed out of the uh, stayed out of the the, the more crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but I think you know I've mentioned on the program many times that I'm a Planet Shakers fan. And uh, and honestly, Planet Shakers was probably the most recent concert I've been to, and that was like uh, two years ago at this point, maybe something like that. Um, and you know, they did an awesome job, of course. And then they did the anthem. Oh, the anthem! I love that song, and they used it for their altar call. And Andy Harrison got up, who's their their youth pastor and, and the the crazy good drummer, and he. Just come up, give your heart to Christ, and of course, he uses an awesome like um, New South Wales accent because they're Australian. Right. Um, Everything everything sounds more sincere in a different language, especially if you sound a little bit like Matt Redman,
0: or or you at least sound more intelligent if you're using a British accent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you know, in that, you
1: know, obviously, I, I didn't go, but the anthem song is powerful. I mean, just musically powerful. The, it just keeps building and building and building, just like you alluded to. And I was, my son Micah was there, and he looked up to me and was like, Dad, do I need to go up? I was like, no, son. Do you know Jesus? Yeah? You're good. Yeah. Even if, even if, even if you didn't, you, going up doesn't do anything. Right. God calls you to himself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, and, now uh, responding yeah. by going up can be a – that can be a good step uh oh, yeah. but, but going up and praying a prayer is not what gets you saved. Yeah,
1: no 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 and, and that's that's the difference. It's like um you know, we did a revival quote series at two eleven and we had a sort of altar call in the sense of response to the gospel. Go up and have a prayer partner. Yeah. Not to prayer the sinner's prayer, but to give thanks for God to uh um to petition to God, to just have a, a, a moment mm-hmm. where, in response to the gospel, uh, if you are so moved by emotion or, or whatever, yeah, to take that opportunity to pray yeah. no. although faith is not a feeling, um, God can use uh, can use feelings as an expression of faith mm-hmm. to kindle faith to nurture it, but uh, it, they, they are not the same. Um, and I fear that some of these more emotionally driven altar call pieces um, confuse that, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you get so worked up. You know, you've got kids in, in tears and, like, give your heart to Christ. I'm like, yes, I'll give my heart to Christ, you know. And <laughs> I mean, like, you don't think it was his to begin with? Right. You're falling on your knees, head over heels for a God that didn't have your heart already?
0: Right right
1: and there's i mean what what sort of what sort of guy you
0: think he is yeah and before anybody thinks that we're totally against a sinner's prayer all we're saying is that the prayer doesn't doesn't effectualize Or anything. I don't even know if that's a word.
1: Yeah, no. It it, it's not the instigating piece. It's not the right. It can. It's not the starter motor. It can. It can
0: be a really good step to pray something along those lines if, especially, especially if someone is very brand new to the faith. They haven't been in church their whole life or anything like that, and they and they just don't have the words. Like they they don't know.
1: Exactly. I mean, some sometimes people have not grown up in the faith and don't know how to pray. Right. Lord, I mean, we go back to our our topic about prayer in general. You know, we mentioned the Lord's Prayer and and kind of the general understanding of what prayer is um, from kind of Orthodox Protestant circles and and even what Luther teaches uh, in the Small Catechism, and that is uh, um, prayer is not primarily um, you know. Turning to incite God to do whatever you want right it's to help us align our will with His, and even if we think about the sinner's prayer, you know, what what are we saying in the sinner 's prayer that I seek to turn away from sin and look towards Christ, yeah, I mean, of course, you know really simplifying that for for the sake of time, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, God change our hearts so this may be true and and by that. That thought, I'll pray the sinner's prayer every day mm-hmm. in the same way that I pray the Lord's prayer every day. Yep. Because all of those things are things that we need to be mindful of, that God does give us our daily bread. And he doesn't do so because we ask for it. He does so because he's our father. Yep. Yep. And if our father takes care of the birds of the, the sky and the flowers of the field, how much more will he take care of you? Yeah. The- As fathers, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to the ones he loves? I mean – We those are things that we need to grasp that we need to take to heart through the Spirit that, and that's what we pray. We don't pray that He does it. Of course He does it.
0: Right. He's
1: good. He's God. He's just. He's sovereign. He's wrathful. He's graceful. It's us that stand in opposition to all of those things.
0: Right. Yeah. So that need to be
1: brought back into that that proper understanding. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I kind of I kind of drew up a hashtag preach hashtag hashtag that'll preach um i kind of drew up a little outline uh that really kind of summarizes how i think scripture approaches this where yes on an individual basis you know you look at ezekiel uh 18 or 33 and and god isn't giddy over sending people to hell uh it's it's not like he's saying ha, 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 watch this and being sadistic about things uh but God does whatever he wants. Psalm 135. Uh, Romans 9 says that God does desire to show his wrath. Um, And even though this is a little bit of a side chain, uh, Psalm 5, Psalm 101, Psalm 139, amongst other passages, does talk about God hating some people. Now, we can talk about that another time. Uh, And in Revelation 15 and Revelation 19, you have God's people praising him, for enacting judgment and showing himself to be just. Uh, Now, I'll admit that's heavy. Um, Like, it it takes some thinking to get your mind around that. However, what is also God's will is for him to show his mercy to vessels of mercy. And Isaiah 53 says it was God's will to crush the son on behalf of his people. And that's where we get our hope. Our hope is not, does God want every single individual to be saved? Our hope is that, our hope and what we should be baffled at, like in Romans 9, it shouldn't be that God loved one and hated the other, and that we should be baffled that he hated one of them. What we should be baffled by is that he loved one at all. That should blow our minds. Uh, humans and, and that's are. That's the beauty of the
1: gospel. Yeah,
0: we are. That, we are you know, rebellious, hateful people, and God has every right to hate us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Exactly. And and
1: you know to to take it back to you know how he knew why isn't everyone saved? You know sometimes, most times, you just need to set back and say. Jesus take the wheel
0: (laughs) You ruined it You ruined it (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) Um,
1: You know And and we need to trust That That the God Who hung the stars in the sky Knows what he's doing with us Exactly No other reason than the blanketing, washing blood of Christ. Yes. We are seen as spotless in the eyes of the Father. And who's chosen? We don't know, and it doesn't matter. Our command is simple. Yep. Go and make disciples of all nations. Yep. That's
0: it. End of story. End of story. Yeah. End of shot. End of story. End of of command. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah it's like it's like R.C. Sproul used to say uh, if if he knew that everyone with the yellow stripe painted on his back was going to be saved then he wouldn't go preach the gospel he'd go lifting up everybody's shirt to see if they had a yellow stripe on their back (laughs)
2: yeah
0: (laughs) so
1: anyway exactly
0: Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform and check out all All right, and Inquisition this week... Uh, let's just keep it on the same uh, same theme here. Brad Speed asks, Are there specific examples in the Old Testament that point to election? Besides Jacob and Esau mentioned in Romans 9, Noah comes to mind as a possible example. Uh, yeah, Noah is definitely an example. Uh, he found favor in the eyes of God. That's really better translated, found grace in the eyes of God. It does say that everyone, and it does seem to be one of those everyone without exception, uh, kind of passages was evil <laughs> continually yep. uh only thinking evil thoughts and all that kind of thing and you see you see afterward you know he kind of passed out drunk naked uh after the flood um he wasn't a good dude but he was chosen by god <laughs> that,
1: that's true and and that just goes to show that uh uh that boating today is very much the same as boating back then i mean
0: yeah pretty much <laughs>
1: You're, you're almost naked, you're you're wasted, and you're on the water for way too long.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also think of Abraham, who was minding his own bi- business as a good pagan, and God mm. shows up and says, "Huh, eh, you're with me now, come on. Uh, I think of the nation of Israel, where Moses says, This isn't because you're awesome. This is because God is glorifying himself. Uh, um, so, yeah, elections in the Old Testament, plenty. Yeah, I mean, lo- look at, like, it, you know god
1: <laughs> in, in so many cases god chooses god chooses yep. john 15:16 my confirmation verse for you have not chosen me but i have chosen you right i mean it's granted that's not old testament but but none, nonetheless i mean the uh, the scripture should be considered as a whole uh, regardless uh,
0: but yeah Right, so Brad Speed follows that with, on a more personal level, I found out last night that my wife had never heard Wonderwall before that evening during live music at the restaurant we went to. Should I be proud, horrified, indifferent, or some combination of these? I think it's some kind of combination, uh, because that song has been so prevalent for so long, how have you never heard that song? Uh, yeah. but at and the I'm same time, my wife, who's not like a music head would still knows one. Yeah. At the same time, you're not missing a whole lot. No. So yeah. Uh, Kyle Jackson, if, if you had to do the same set list for a year, what would it be? Also, John is exempt because we know it would just be mighty fortress five times. Oh, <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Get <laughs> a wife dude <laughs> Jeez. i think i so, think gl- I think glorious day is on my list, okay uh at least for now because maybe it'll be played out in a year, but I quite enjoy that song right now a uh a good rendition of it as well with my soul, not the hokey mm. ones and definitely not the Bethel one which is far inferior to any to the original lyrics um uh I've been thinking uh been chewing on old rugged cross a whole lot lately Mm. um so maybe throw that in there for number three um you know contrary, another disagreement that i have with john piper is i actually like what a beautiful name uh so throw that on there and i'll have to i usually think in four song increments because that's what we play at res so uh i'll just go with the four for now and tack on a fifth later at my own convenience oh
1: (laughs) Okay, for me, um, first one that comes to mind is The Way by Worship Central. Absolutely. I mean, that's it's a congregational favorite. It's kind of long in the tooth at this point, but uh, it's, uh, it's a great tune. Um, also, another one is We Are One, uh, City Harmonic, um, The Bridge. Ugh, the bridge in that song is just fire. Um, oh, what else? Um, <laughs> just because I like the song, and uh, we can be Christmas people— no, can, although, I do, I, uh, although I do like the Christy Knuckles version of it. And that was pretty cool. Um, he Shall reign Forevermore by Tomlin, even though it's a Christmas tune. Jeez, oh, yeah.
0: The, I love that one. Uh, I, and I've then, been pushing. Uh, I'm going to make fun of Bradley for this later, but every now and then I'll try and get a Christmas song in the middle of the year and be like, it's an incarnational song. It's not a Christmas song, and he yeah. never goes for it.
1: <laughs> on that, t- on, you know, on that point, I thought about "Wonder" by Hillsong because um, that's uh, that's 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 one of our favorite Christmas tunes. It's a it's a good one, um, but uh, I would definitely have to say um, "Prepare the Way of the Lord" by Matt Marr. Um That one's that we do that one every Palm Sunday and only on Palm Sunday. Um, so I think that would be mm. uh, pretty sweet uh, to do as well. And then um, "My Feet Are on the Rock." Which is a newer tune, um, typically female led. I led it a couple of weeks ago. It's just this really cool, sort of southern bluesy, uh, sort of rocker. I, I don't remember who who wrote it, but we can we can find that later. Uh, but yeah, that would that would be it. I mean, that way we've got uh, you know we we kind of hit all the bases, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Jonathan Lens asked this. Actually, he asked this in the middle of us recording, so good timing. Uh, he says, "In in twenty years, will we look back at the skinny jeans, hipster beards, long shirts, and hard hair parts? Basically, how we see this, and it's a spandex-clad, feathered hair glam metal band. Uh, I don't is that Kiss without the makeup." No, that's not. I mean, that's, that's not Kiss. That's literally every other band. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically every band in the '80s. I don't. I don't think so with the beards, um, because beards are pretty timeless. Uh, in a, yeah, in a, kind I'm, of an ultimate sense. Maybe the skinny jeans and long shirts. I never understood the long shirts anyway. Uh, I mean, I do, but that's because I'm six five, and like, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a little
1: vanity piece when I find a shirt that's long enough.
0: For. Right. That that's that's different for you. I think he's talking about the really almost cut like yeah, a baseball yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like even even longer than that. Like the really yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. I, I I do I do have one, and it looks really weird. Yeah. I'd say that that would probably be the divergent piece because if you look at everything else, yeah. I mean, the hard part. I mean that's kind of a classic style,
0: right? I mean, uh, the skinny that goes jeans. back a hundred years.
1: Oh yeah, easy. The skinny jeans. Well, I mean that's not really as modern as you think. I mean, uh, cowboys and ranchers and, and what have you have been wearing tight fit Wranglers forever, and yeah. so they don't get chafing when they're riding a horse. Right. You know, it's um, hashtag Gold Bond Rocks. Um, <laughs> you know, like all of that's like beards. I mean. If we weren't supposed to have them, they, our faces wouldn't grow them, you right. know. Like, right. about, I think the the long shirts, the, the kind of that that baggy top, tight bottom thing, it'll it'll get a bit overplayed probably. Um, and then I was like, what was I thinking about? Look how big that neck hole was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Last question, and then we got to bounce because you have work related things to do. Uh, Jared Hartley asks Where did the 1689 B go? Phil Moses commented, He turned 1646, which is not the case, Phil. (laughs) I did not turn into a Presbyterian. Uh, (laughs) um, Ultimately, nobody really cared about it, so I killed it. so that's not to say that I'm not looking at uh, base overdrive circuits for the future because I definitely would like to uh, bring back a an overdrive specifically meant for base. Uh, but it just didn't hit. So yeah, that's okay. You know, I'm not going to yeah, complain sure. about that. I mean, I, I do that every now and then. Uh, if, if people don't like a circuit or it just doesn't carry like I think it will, I'll either change the circuit. And hopefully get more attention with it, or you know, just get rid of the model altogether. That happens.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it's in the, at the end of the day, this is a business, not a farmer's market. I mean, you, you've got to right. <laughs> you, you've got to make uh, make decisions that make sense. So, right. at that, right. what are we leaving with today, Cody?
0: Oh man, I don't even know. Uh, uh, something new from Nose. I did some Nose stuff recently, so we'll do something from Nose. Uh What's going on. Follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram at Westminster Effects. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you leave a five-star review. As always, we don't care if it's honest. Just give us five stars. You can support the show at anchor.fm to donate money and help us improve. You can donate $10 a month for a year and get your choice of a Piper Drive V2 or the Wycliffe Fuzz. So we're going to leave you with something from nose Pedal, I guess. Thanks for Roll listening i <laughs> <laughs>